Independent, totally biased, Hull Kingston Rovers. You are listening to the Red Robin Podcast with Joe Appleyard and Chris Johnson. Welcome to another episode of the Red Robin Podcast with me, Joe Appleyard, and my co-host tonight. It's Friends Reunited. It's Phil Barrett. Chris is away. Thanks for stepping in, Phil. How are you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Good. Nice bit of nice weather. Good win at the weekend. Happy days. Happy days indeed, even if you have been to Norwich and back today for a job to get cancelled. That's it, mate. That's it. <laughs> it is indeed. But yeah, you touched on it, didn't you? Great win for all Kingston Rovers. And before we speak about the game, you know, just back to Craven Park. Obviously, we'd been to Castleford and Wakefield, was back in East Stull. And do you know what? Apart from not having drinks or any refreshments, I thought everyone involved deserves a bit of credit, mate, because I thought it went really well. The staggered entrances, obviously, I was in the North Stand, you was in the East, so a bit different from where we normally go. But it was just great to be back. And I thought, even at the end, when there was the exits and stuff, everyone was really well, you know, well polite, the stewards and stuff. So they deserve a wrap. But for you, how good was it being back at Craven Park, even if it was thirsty? Absolutely brilliant, mate, wasn't it? Just what we needed. We've got a lovely, glorious sunshine day. Uh, on my way in, I mean, obviously, you was a bit worried, weren't you? A bit, a bit of trepidation as you approached the stadium with all the new whys and wherefores in place. And, and I saw Craig Flanking outside and he and I asked him if he was worried. And he said no. And it, to be fair, I thought it ran real smooth, mate, as, as far as I was concerned anyway. Yeah, I totally agree. And I just think we was there a bit early, weren't we, just before two o'clock. So we're sorting all the atmosphere. A few things to speak about before the game. I thought the memorial before, the five-minute memorial of finishing on Jordan Cox, all the people have lost, you know, truly, just really emotional. And it was great. It was a great moment when the piano version of Red Red Robin was on and both sets of players walked off and kind of, you know, remember it was a poignant moment. And that was really good that the club recognised not just the people who played for the club and who was related, like Edward Klemper, who got us out of administration, but all the fans that we've lost, mate. And it was it was emotional five minutes for me, that. Yeah, really well put together, wasn't it? And uh, that new screen just allows you to deliver things like that, mate. And uh, uh, first usage that we've seen. And, and I thought it was really well put together. And I don't know if they've put it out online yet or if they're going to put it out online for the people who haven't seen it. But if you get a chance to see it, it's they've done they've done right by a lot of people there. Yeah, they have. There was a few videos on the um, Facebook groups as well, so make sure you check it out. And obviously when the crowd, um, the raw of the East and the North, the West and the South now, and I thought the South looked absolutely brilliant, mate. My mum, dad and granddad were in there. They said they had a great view. They really enjoyed it. There was a bit at the bottom. But when Rovers walked out for that warm-up, the half-backs and backs first and then the forwards, that roar was something special, mate, and it was 440 summit days of pure emotion there. And I thought Neil Rudd, the stadium announcer, you know, got everyone ramped up the music before the game. Every it was a party atmosphere, wasn't it? And I think even though the result was a great result, it was kind of just everyone was so happy to be back. People was hadn't seen people for 14 months, and it was it was emotional as how we're gonna recap that day. But for me, just a taste of what's to come, and it was being brilliant. And I can't wait already for Salford next week because it, it just so good to be back. And I think I think Chris put away games are great but there's not better than being at Craven Park and you know I've missed the place mate I don't know about you 
Yes, it, it was brilliant, mate. It's exactly what we've missed. 400 and what, 41 days, something ridiculous like that. Uh, we have to put up with restrictions for a couple of home games, mate, but just to be back. And as you say, when the players ran out, from both sides, to be fair, because Ryan Braley got a, a real good ovation from the East Stand, amongst others. And uh, if you get chance, I don't know, some people, like, if you get the BBC Sounds app, you can listen to the game back. And it was on Radio Manchester as well. And I think they're took back by the noise, mate, that that, that East Stand med when the players emerged at kick-off. It was, it was unreal, and it makes a massive difference to me. I think... I'm sure we'll talk about the game, mate, but that first set of six was defensive. It was motivated by every single one of the people in the crowd, wasn't it? Yeah, it was when they um, they started playing like there was on a video game, didn't they? Everyone trying to smash people. There was definitely defending in intent. And that was how Rovers started the game, mate. And if we move on to the actual game itself, now Rovers started really well, really good in defence, caused an error early doors. Jordan Abdul picked up three points on the man of steel, four assists for him in his first one comes. He goes from the right-hand side to the left-hand side, gets Jamie Ellis involved and feeds Kane Lynette for his opening try. Kane Lynette won't score easier tries, mate, than the two he did. First one, set the ball um, set the ball going, didn't the Rovers fans delighted? So was us. Two minutes, 4-0 on the clock. Brilliant start. Yeah, real good start, mate. He's in the form of his life, Jordan Abdul. Uh, on the All-League app, it was Paul Cook, and he stated as much. So he's never seen him play as well. As you say, he went to the right-hand side. Nothing going, so comes back, gives uh, Jordan Thompson a big don't argue, and uh, Kane Lynette's for a massive gap. No hands laid in him, mate. 50 metres to the trial, and then what a start. Yeah, it was. And you mentioned that handoff. He did the same against Metaltier, didn't he, to score the winner? And that's he's got so many, you know, just elements of his game. And he had an off game last week, but so did everyone, mate. And when he's on form, Rovers are just a totally different team. He's not the most agile, but he seems to just create chances out of nowhere. And he, I think since signing that deal, he's come out of his shell and he is now a leading Super League halfback. And the stats, are, you know, you don't get four assists without you know, having a decent game, mate. And I think we're seeing the best of Jordan Abdul and hopefully for many more years to come, especially with that contract deal. Yeah, that's it, mate. And they're not just, they're not similar assists, are they? They're all different variations of what's in his locker, mate. There's there's kicks to the corner, there's kicks under the post, there's swatting off men in a short ball, there's skipping around Jamie Ellison, putting Kane the net through a gap that way. It's, it's magnificent to watch, mate. And he's getting the blood, it's at the minute, and rightly so. Yeah, it really is. And you mentioned his kicking in there for the second try on seven minutes. A little dab through, and to be fair, it could have been Kenny Dowell. It could have been Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall got the first try of his um, three of the afternoon, his second hat-trick for Old Kingston Rovers. Yeah, a little dab through, and, you know, you saw Abdul's emotion, and that's the fans coming back. You could see the likes of Abdul, Rowe, Milnes, Kenny Dowell. Any chance they got, putting their hands up to the fans, you know, getting involved, Corbin Sims. But that little dink through, you know, sent Gellin, Junior, Sal and Ryan Briley. There's a lot of experience in there, a lot of Super League experience and they couldn't see where that kick was going and that's what's developed as well his kicking game hasn't it and Ryan Hall again another easy try and at that point mate I don't know about you I thought we was going to go in for 70-80 points I didn't think um, Lee were going to respond No we come out absolutely flying didn't we mate we've, uh, we've asked for that for a while and it was it was brilliant to watch they had no answer did they I think the most the, the most telling thing about it was Rovers' clinical edge as well, mate. Do you know, mistakes was punished, weren't they, at the first time of asking, which hadn't always been the case. 
Yeah, and, and I thought Kenny Dowell again, Ryan Alkane, Lynette Jordan, Abdul, that left-hand side's getting the plaudits. But unfortunately, the next try was a try conceded by the Robins and it was another try conceded on that right-hand side, mate. I'd like to know your views on it. Obviously, Crooks was out. Greg Minikin came in. He got a try as well and we'll speak about that soon. But for me, Jamie Ellis puts a shift play on. He's not the quickest. He gives it to um, Ben Reynolds and he swats off two defenders, puts the offload away and, you know, Ben Alliwell, He's not the most agile, but he did Adam Quinlan. He sent him for a knockdog, didn't he? And every time we look like we're putting a shift, um, and the opposition are putting a shift play on left to right, I worry, mate. And we'll speak about the other try soon. But for me, that first try put a real dampener on the mood. It could have gone a lot worse for LKR. But when that went in, it was like, God, we've just defended our asses off. We've scored two amazing tries. And then it's silly, silly defence. They put nothing major on. And I thought it was a try gifted for Lee Centurions, mate. Yeah, well, I think we praised Abdul a minute ago, didn't we? And I think that just came on the back of a, an early kick play, about tackle three, didn't really get the field position, and it put Lee on the front foot. And as you say, it goes right to left. Ellis, he, he, he just seems to, he, he just took a couple of defenders out, didn't he? I think Adley was on a mission to hunt him for most of the game, and he just seemed to get on the outside, and it just attracted Lewis Johnson and Will Marin, and as you say, Reynolds poked his nose through, got a great ball away, and to be fair, he's finished it well as, as Ben Elliwell, hasn't he? Because probably their standout player on the day, to be fair, and uh, he's gone 30, 40 metres. And I think Quinlan just, I think Adam just lost his whereabouts a little bit. I mean, there was two men on the outside. It was an unenviable situation, really, mate, wasn't it? And four points conceded, but luckily, immediate reaction. Immediate indeed in the video you put on Takarangi commented on himself. That was an NRL try. That that was something you see on a Thursday morning if you're not at work and you're lucky enough to watch the NRL. Absolute. I think Ian Thornley's still trying to find Brad Takarangi um, at Craven Park. Little nice shift from um, Rowan Milnes. Back ball to Takarangi. He steps inside. Thornley doesn't know where it is. And it was the offload for me under pressure. Lewis Teeny jumped in. It could have easily been batted down. And he set that try up. It was Greg Minikin's try. He got the four points, but all about that man, Brad Takarangi, who I thought had his best game for all Kingston Rovers in attack. Defence is still a bit edgy with that right-hand side, which we will go into detail about. But, mate, what a pass. What a step. That's his star-studded quality right there, Brad Takarangi. Yeah, we've missed we've, we've missed that over the years, haven't we? Something we've cried out for. It's absolutely brilliant, mate. I think it looked like he, Ian Fawley had just got off the waltzes or something, didn't he? He, didn't know, he absolutely <laughs> just didn't know where he was. Put on his backside. Absolute quality, mate. You, you can't deny that. And uh, as you say, his best game. I thought he certainly hits in defence, mate. So I think there's a bit of communication on that side. What we've got to remember is uh, when it was Ethan Ryan out there, you, you're playing with blokes who's played maybe, what, 250 career games between them. And Brad's played about 200 of them, mate. So it just needs a little bit of communication, a little bit of time, doesn't it? And I think they'll get there eventually. I mean, Milne's really kicked on in the halves and I think having the crowd inspired him but defensively it'll come uh, we're getting away with it at the minute mate and we might not get away with it forever but they have the odd tick now and again don't they where Castleford the first two tries but they sorted it out after that Lee the first two tries but we weren't really threatened after that was we on that right edge no, we wanted to go away from the actual league game 
Rovers are a difficult one. Obviously, we're four from eight, fifty percent on the win percentages, or eight, if you want to call it that, or on eight, um, eight points. For me, mate, if you tidy that right hand side up, they're not that far away. And someone made a real good point. I can't remember who it was, and said even like the top teams, who was the top four or five at the minute, you know, barring Catalan and Warrington, who were on you know form at the minute. But even Wigan and Saints, they've been grinding results out. But apart from Rovers and the likes of Warrington and Catalan, there's not many exciting teams in Super League. And if you do the basics, and if Rovers tighten that right hand side up, you're not that far away from beating the top established teams this year, mate. I think Rovers have got some it. Definitely, I do realise that we did get beat last week by Wakey and obviously Lee aren't the best team in the world but on another day Rovers have got beat by that Lee Centurions team another year you know 2018-19 it happened when London beat us twice we got beat by Salford and Wakey and apart from last week we beat a team who was at the bottom of the league where realistically everyone thought we was going to be again so Rovers are getting you know stepping stones and are moving forward but in my opinion mate you saw that right hand side defence out and you're looking pretty solid yeah, well, you're not you're not far away. I think the telling thing is made that everybody likes watching Rovers play. Yeah, they do. Everybody, if you're not a Rovers fan, and apart from the obvious idiots, mate, uh, everybody loves watching Rovers play, and because it, it's entertaining on the telly, it's entertaining on the Al Liga, they play some great stuff. And I mean, you, I'll throw this out to you, mate. There's some teams on Twitter recently who take real big joy in playing making 300 tackles, mate. Who goes to the game to watch a bloke make 60 tackles a game? You don't, do you? Simple as that. You go to watch blokes sidestepping people like they're not there and creating tries out of nothing. That's what it's all about for me, attacking rugby and long may it continue. Yeah, Rovers are definitely the entertainers at Super League at the minute. And But again, like we said, that right-hand side, mate, it's just the little things. And we mentioned Ian Thornley there. He steps and Rowan Milnes, who needs a bit more experience in defensive, thought he was amazing in that second half. But Greg Minikin getting caught in again. Lewis Teen is a quick bloke. He's going to go. And again, a two-on-one with Adam Quinlan. And he feeds former Robin Ryan Brian for another easy try. And again, Lee didn't offer much. And like you mentioned there, the same as Castleford, the same as when we played Leeds. You look back, and we've nilled teams in second half, so the defence isn't that bad when it wants to be. I just think Rovers need to concede a few and then they're like, shit, you know, you, you know, we need to start now and we need to do that. It's, it's either you score twice or you concede twice with Rovers at the minute in the early stages. And for me, especially that second try, because it's so manageable and it's so avoidable, you can do it if you just use that sliding defence method. Rovers are just getting caught out a little bit on that side and I think on another day, better teams will punish that side a lot more for me, in my opinion, so hopefully with this week off, Rovers can cement Minikin and Takarangi. I can't see anyone being dropped apart from obviously George King coming back in and we'll mention the injury update at the back end of the podcast. But another really disappointing try, mate, because leading off a much in the two times they did put that shift play on, they did con- um, they did score two tries. Yeah, obviously, there's always stuff you can work on, mate. Yeah. You know, not, never perfect, are we? Do you know, I think coming away from it, in the grand scheme of things, we won the game easy and you're still looking at things to improve, which tells you you're on a good track, mate, because as you said before, London Broncos away, London Broncos at home, just two that spring to mind where you think well, there's a chance we could have been turned over in the past. So I think Tony's getting it right, mate. Yeah, do you know what? And I think 
what it is, as soon as I came out the ground, I went, God, you know what? That could have been about 60, that. And you kind of come back and you look at the highlights, don't you? And that's the frustrating thing. You you you, you get them two shoddy tries away and it's only 40 points to six, whatever it had been. Again, Rovers were really comfortable. And that's just how, you know, how much we are progressing that now, even though we have got stuff to talk about, which is negative. We're beating teams by 24, 30 points. And you know what? I did see a big win coming for LKR. We called it on last week. And I think what the nice thing was, We've edged victories, obviously, against Huddersfield, against Castleford. Yeah, we put 24 past leads, but we want a major, major thrashing as such. For me, how good was it just to see some free-flowing tries, especially in that second half, and especially the one just before half-time, where, again, Jordan Abdul steps Jamie Ellis like he isn't there. He looks like he was running in treacle. And Kane Lynette, a replica of that first try, he goes over, and the Scottish international gets number two to take him to seven on the Super League try-scoring list. Yeah, great try, mate. Just the creativity, because you mentioned there, it was great to see points, but there was tries that we created as well. That That's the thing that impressed me. What We didn't go 60 metres off a drop ball or an interception, did we? Mm. We, we? We worked hard for our points. We scored eight tries, but every single one of them was created by Rovers. Do you know, there was nothing given to Rovers that day, and that, that's a real good sign for me, mate. Yeah, it was, and we move on to the second half. Now, Rovers were leading 18-12, mate. Bit of a battle for the first 10 minutes. I thought Lee tried their hardest to get back into it. Rovers weathered the storm, and that's what you always get with the Centurions. Half-back combination... We've been dying for an halfback combination that can work well together. Obviously, we've still got Mikey Lewis, who's doing really well in the Championship at York, to come back. Joe Keyes, who I don't think he's been playing for York, and I don't think he features much. But the two main guys at the minute, obviously, Man of Steel, maybe this year, Jordan Abdul. little dab through to his halfback partner, um, Rowan Milnes. A little bit of a lucky bounce, but the Bradford Academy player at his best game for all Kingston Rovers in the purple and grey scores a really good try, mate. And that kind of put the game to bed, in my opinion, even though it was only a two-try game. I thought, you know what, Rovers have weathered the storm. Nice little kick for Abbo, four assists. Rowan Milnes goes over. Sorry, mate. Just opening my lager. <laughs> get, <laughs> no, get brilliant. Ready for Do you England. know what? He's calm and, uh, yeah, calm and cool and collected, that kid, isn't he? Abdul is the the main halfback you'd see he's he's taking all the plaudits at the minute but since Rowan Milnes has come in he just does all the little things right mate and that was a that sign there do you know he didn't panic did he it could have he waited for it it was like he had all the time in the world the kid and uh, just as you say bounced on the top of the post but great kick from Abdul and Milnes didn't panic dives on the loose ball over the trial and that's all he needed to do and I'm pretty sure that one got converted didn't it which is which is a bit of a miracle at the minute. Yeah, it is. And I think for obviously you guys are aware at the game, basically Abdul missed two free um, easy kicks, didn't he? And I you know when that third one went over, mate, the, um, a bit of a sarcastic chant. And Abdul got involved with it, didn't he? He was laughing on the way back. And that's the problem, mate. He kind of... You mentioned the kicks that he gets against Castleford on the wing, the game that he, he kicked a few on the wing today, that are quite from the touchline hard kicks. He's missing the simple ones, mate, and I don't know if that's a confidence thing. I don't know if that's his, his much preferred side, but for me, he, he does all the hard ones, and then when it gets to the easy ones, his points percentage could be miles better than it is. It just needs to be a bit more clinical, because on another day, that could really cost all Kingston Rovers. Yeah, I think I think he'd be real disappointed with the first one, mate, and obviously the ones from the sideline, Eventually, he'd be up to be kicking them. Do you know? I think he's kicking at sixty-two percent at the minute. If I'm writing, reading what James O'Brien put in the paper, which is it, let's let's not beat around the bush. That's not good enough, is it? No, but, I think Ryan Shaw was eighteen and one. Oh, Alexa's starting now, mate. 
can't believe you've got another woman in the background. I know. Alexa's starting on me now. <laughs> but no, mate, I think Ryan Shaw had 89, didn't he? And obviously that was in a much poorer old Kingston Rovers side. But if you had someone like Jordan, you know, Jordan after with Ryan Shaw's technique and his style, Rovers would have been... 60 points up instead of 40 and I know it's not the be all and end all it's the mainly the points percentage or the two points but he does need to be better because he must be one of the lowest in the league and yeah, yeah it seems like we're just picking at daft things now doesn't it but it's important in the grand scheme yeah mate it's turning, massive it's massive turning that four into six like I say I'd be disappointed with the first one the other two chances are he'd probably kick them on another day uh I'm not too sure what other options we've got, mate. I know Rowan Mills is a decent goal kicker, but is it just a case of Abdul's got too much on his plate at the minute? We're running the show. Is it, does he need to be taking the goal kicks? Or I don't think we're at the stage. To be honest, I don't think we're at the stage where we need to be questioning it at the minute, are we? Really? No. I mean, no, I, I don't think so, mate. Been his only real bad performance with a boot, as far as I'm concerned. I, I, I don't know about you. I mean. He missed a simple one against Duddersfield that we had a bit of a WhatsApp about at the time, didn't we? Yeah. But he, he won us the game there as well. So it's difficult. I, I, I want to give him a, I want him to just take a bit of confidence. Maybe just switch his off, like he said, mate, because he thinks it's going to be easy because he can kick a ball, that is for sure. Yeah, and I think the ones he missed is coming off assistant. So he's obviously there's a bit of fatigueness there. He obviously runs back with Dave Hodgson talking about what he's doing next in attack. So as that leading halfback, as the main player, and he is Ulkingston Rovers' main player, he has got a lot on his shoulders and still 25, 26. So hopefully a bit, you know, a bit more chilled out when he's kicking because them two points do mean a lot, especially in the grand scheme of things. The closer games against Huddersfield and Cass, he's won us the game, hasn't he, mate? But we move on, and obviously deals between Ulkingston Rovers and LFC are always controversial. None more so than when Jez Litton and Dean Adley joined on loan in 2019. And then the pair are very for the foreseeable future, especially Jez, who signed a four-year deal a month ago. And them two, was um, Jez orchestrated the next try, mate, to Dean Adley, the mask man. He looks like Mick Foley in the Attitude Era in the 90s of wrestling. Dino's best game by a country mile. He ran his blood to water. He never stopped. And the two former black and whites linked over for the purple and greys. And Rovers had another six points, mate. It was great, well-deserved, because I thought Jez played really well in the back half. And second half, he gave Matt Parcell a bit of a rest when the game was over. But Dean Adley, mate, never stops. He does all the hard work. He gets a bit undemanded sometimes because he's not a skillful player. He's never going to be the one to go 100 metres or he's never going to be a massive ball playing forward. But a bit like George King, he stepped up and he was absolutely fantastic down the middle of the park. No, mate, the, 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 Tony seems to like him taking a bit of first receiver early in games, doesn't he? And yeah. He, he does. He gets involved that way. As you say, he, does, he looks a bit like Mick Foley. His face looked like he'd been chucked off the other in a cell, mate. Uh, after you said it was the best he'd looked after he'd come away from <laughs> Wakefield, didn't it? That was a shocker. That and he got penalised as well. Remember, so that just goes to show how it goes for Rovers. But I think he's a player you don't really notice until he's not there, mate. You know, mm. he'll plough along at seven out of ten every week, and then he'll chuck a nine out of ten. I thought he was brilliant on uh, on Sunday to to play. To play in that manner after that injury, mate, and to get over the line for a try when it mattered, we just we just seem to be in a real good place, and 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 I'm delighted with it. As you say, Jez, how big is it that you don't have to bother bringing Matt Parcel back on, mate, late in a game? Do you know, mm. you can just trust Jez Litton to do pretty much the same job, and he he hadn't had as many minutes recently as he had at the start of the season, but 
he's explosive when he comes on. Yeah, he is. And that's the thing. Them two work brilliantly together. And I know Matt Parcells had his injuries. But at this moment in time, I think Matt Parcells the best hooker in the league for attacks line break. That first half, mate, is only a little kid, in he? But they had three, pro- three forwards on him at one point and he gets an offload away. For me, he needs a two-year deal. You know, he's only 29. I think he's really enjoying it over here. If he wants to stay in England, mate, he's, he's going to be staying with Tony Smith and Danny Maguire. So unless he wants to go home, I can't see him being anywhere else apart from Rovers. And I'm just hoping soon we get a bit of clarification because we've still got a lot of people off contracts, mate. We know George will be moving on, but for people like Matt Parcell who playing out of the skin, for me, he needs to be in red and white for the next few years, mate, because we're a much better team with him and Jez and Jordan Abdul working in that span. Yeah, we certainly are. It's a strange deal, that one, isn't it? Because there's an option in Matt Parcell's favour, if I if I remember reading it rightly, which which to me is bizarre in itself. Why would, why would you give the player the option, do you know... It makes no sense to me because the club could be hanging on for ages to to get a decision. I'd 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 get him here for the next two or three years, as you say. He's only late twenties, and once he, when he's fit and he's in this sort of form, he'd, he'd walk into every team in the Super League. Yeah, what does that mean on his contract, mate? Like, because obviously every player has an option, really, because you're never going to force someone to sign. Does it mean until uh, they've got a year extension, but I he think, calls it? I think there's a a year's extension on the table, mate, and it's up to him to sign it, do you know? Right, so I think, if, I think so Rovers can't are, trigger it, he's got to trigger agreed. it. He's agreed the terms already, and it's just whether he's going to stay. I, I can't imagine him going anywhere else, for instance, but no. strangely, the door is open, isn't it? Well, that, that's how it looks on the outside. Anyway, there might be something written in that contract that if he's in England, it's we're Rovers. We're just some as in there, aren't we? But great player. Uh, not the only one in this team, fortunately, at the minute as well. Yeah, no, mate, and that's obviously the thing. When when Rovers are doing well, people are going to start sniffing around the players. We've never had that, and I feel you know if you start progressing and you start, you can recruit, yeah, for next season. But people want to recruit your players, so that could come back to bite us. But I'm sure we'll have clarification on them deals in the next few months. And the last two tries for Rovers, obviously, there was a Lee one involved as well. One of the probably the best try in my opinion. Again, that man Dean Adley plays it to George Lawler, back to Kane Lynette, little drop off to Dean Adley, and he does a Terry Campisi pass to Josh Mantellato what he did against Wakey, but this time it was Dean Adley to Ryan Hall, and Ryan Hall, his second and fair try, easy tries, mate, and um, the England and former Leeds player, he's, he's, he's doing really well for all Kingston Rovers, mate, I know it was an easy try, but he's the try scorer, so we'll talk about him, for me, it's his backline carries, he's, he's just a presence, him and Kenny Dow, I think Kenny Dow's been amazing this year, outstanding, because of who he's got around him, you know, Kane Lynette had to move on to that right centre last year, Kenny Dow struggled with Crooks, Minikin, Rawsfawn, Will Tate, whoever got put in there last year, really struggled. That's why Kenny Dow got a lot of flack because of obviously who he is, his contract, his name. But since he's become captain, mate, I think he's been outstanding. And Kane Lynette and the try scorer Ryan Hall definitely have worked well with Sean Kenny Dow. And that left-hand side's an absolute dream, mate. You never get Rovers player at the top try scorer. We've got two in the top five, haven't we, with Hall on 10 and Lynette on seven? Yeah, as you say, I think we're, we're Sean Kenny Dow. Last year, not only trying to add, but it was just it, there was no continuation of selection for him, was he? Whereas this year, touch wood, that it hasn't changed, it's not going to change anytime soon. So, you know where you are, you can build combinations, you can you build your confidence defensively, you can trust the bloke inside you because you know what he's going to do, you know what he's capable of. Whereas, as you mentioned last year, different winger, different second rower, different halfback, do you know, week on week, and 
he was the only constant in that, and it will have affected his game, mate. He's, he's, he looks a different player. I mean, you don't play all them times for New Zealand and play for the Roosters, play that many NRL games and not have something about you, mate. He just he took time to adapt last year, and we couldn't get any combinations going. And this year we haven't, as you say, we're Ryan all. He guarantees 120 metres a game, mate, from, from your left wing. Unreal. Yeah. Amazing, mate. And in your opinion, obviously, Sean Kane Dow's out of contract at the end of the year. Me, um, especially you, you have some very reliable sources. And if you tell me something, mate, I believe it. But um, I won't reveal my source. But I have a, a little inkling. Maybe Kenny Dow might be have one more year at Old Kingston Rovers. I don't know if he's ready to go back home yet. But that's nothing confirmed, mate. But for me, yeah, I'd give him another year. If Ryan Hall's here for another year, I don't understand why not. I mean, Toby King's fallen, fallen through. So we still we, you know, we need another world-class centre. And for me, at the minute, if we're looking at our calibre of players, Kenny Dow's totally up there. He'll be 34, won't he, if he does another year. And I think that'll probably be time to call his career. So I'd like to see him in one more year in Rovers. I don't know about you. Obviously, that could go away and he could have that last year and it's not working out. But at this moment, if you're going on form, along with Matt Parcell, you can only see what's in front of you and you can only judge on what they've done this season and this season they're, they're in a much better position if he wants to go around again I mean obviously the club looking at Toby King and making him a decent offer probably tells you where their thoughts was at the time but yeah he's probably played his way into a new contract mate the same as Kane Lynette the same as Matt Parcell and even Adam Quinlan who had a by his own standards a poor start to the season mate looking something back to his his own self looking more of a threat with ball in hand so, from a club's point of view, it's hard, it's difficult to please the fans in this situation because if you keep all your quota players... You're not going to sign any major, that, major it, players, are you? That's the thing. It's, it's difficult to then sell it to your fans next year that will come and buy your season passes, you know, because you, are, you haven't got one or two, obviously, new faces coming in, have you? But if they're playing well and it's pushing you up the table, mate, it's the right thing to do, isn't it? I mean, obviously... With Kane Lynette and Kenny Dowell, it's how they're going to feel because they're, 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 they're getting on a little bit, aren't they? I mean, 33 and 34 in today's rugby is probably nothing, but some blokes just have enough, don't they? The, 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 this pandemic and everything, you never know whether it's time for them to go home either. So the club will be in a in a strong negotiating position with all of them. They're playing well. So we'll see how it turns out. Uh, I'd, I'd have no issues with them staying or going mate you know it is what it is at the end of the day if, if, if they make the decision for them to go home that's fine by me if they want to stick around I'm good for that as well mate because they're, they're turning out the performances at the minute yeah and obviously there's a lot of discussions to go on and stuff and we haven't heard much from Kenny Dowell or anybody else but I know um, James O'Brien has spoke to Lynette didn't he I think Parcel as well and they're enjoying the time I know Lynette said if there's a t- if there's an offer there he said he wants it of course he does so for me I can see Lynette staying just because of what he said to James and I think why wouldn't you offer Kane Lynette another deal a year or whatever and I think his family really enjoy it over here and obviously the others we will yet to see but yeah like you said mate that's the only problem you know if you keep all your quota spots you know you, you like to attract some big names from the NRL like we had obviously Vetti we haven't seen the best of him at the minute I know he's got another year but you know at the minute 
it's kind of like glutton for punishment. We've signed this kid and he's not even going to be back for the Salford game. He's missed a lot of rugby, hasn't he, so far? And we're crying out for another forward, in my opinion, even though we are forking out results. And I'm not saying this, I'm not saying this is going to happen at all, but there's even options, you know, you can get rid of people early and stuff like that. But for me, at the minute, I really want to see Albert Vetti on the pitch. You know, when he came over, it was this big thing. He said he's going to fireworks. The only fireworks he's done was a Catherine wheel that he must have bought off a dodgy bloke off Branson because it's gone off for two seconds and now he's never been seen on the field. So I think he's a massive miss as well, mate. People are forgetting that we still have Albert Vetti on the sideline. Oh, you're an ad taskmaster, you, mate. I, you know, the, the bloke... Unfortunate for us. Just our look, mate. We have one quarter player on the sidelines all season, every season, don't we? He come in, he had a... He was... Let, let's be honest, he was out of shape on him when he got here. He made me and you look like um, Baywatch, mate. I don't think he could make me look like Mitch Buchanan, mate, but thanks for, <laughs> thanks for the suggestion. Uh, he come out of shape. He had an injury of a pre-season and then he got a couple of games. He had. A, do you know what? In that Castleford Cup game, he was real good. Did he score that game? He did. Yeah, he? He, he he scored exactly the sort of try you want to see from a bloke who yeah. looks like he does. You know, power and it in the Huddersfield game he set the field position for the Abdul drop goal. You know, something we hadn't had previously. Great carry from a big man. Found his front. Abdul kicks the winning one pointer. You know, and then we've lost him what 10, 12 minutes into the Leeds game. And that's just how it goes for us, I think, mate. The, the trouble is when you. When you're the size Albert Vetter is, it must be unbelievable to get back going again. Stop, start, stop, start. Do you know, if he if he could get six or seven games under his belt, do you know, what I, what I compare him to is not really the same sort of size player, but when Chris Satter came over for all last year, he looked a bit lost at the back end, didn't he? Yeah. And then this year, he looks a completely different player. He's, he, he's turned out some decent numbers for them. And, I, and I, I think that's what Albert would bring to Rovers, but it's getting him on the field. It's going to be the Wigan game by the looks of it, mate, that we're going to see him back on the field. And Is that the week after Salford? Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then right. it's, an, it's an unenviable run of fixtures. It's Wigan, <sighs> yeah, Sunderland's we'll <laughs> FC. So it'll be a baptism of fire. And I hope, to be fair, I hope he's ready to go because by all accounts, mate, it could have been a, a season end of that if it would have been the hamstring tendon. And it needed surgery. It could have been the season. So we've got a nursing back to health and hopefully he's good to go. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him in the derby, mate. I really am. I hope he's yeah, fit. You just sacked him a minute ago, mate. So No, same <laughs> Corbin, I'm saying if he's back. I mean, if he's back, he wants to prove himself. That's oh, why. No, he'll be good. He'll be good, mate. And I think that's the impressive thing at the minute, mate. We're missing out there. We're missing George King. Yeah, it was massive. Best with, forward, uh, isn't he? We're, we're still doing... Half decent, mate, because there was a time when we had no prop forwards and we was losing to anybody. So, to mm. put 40 points on the board when we're, we're, that, we're that skinny in numbers in the front row. And I think that's that, that's where we will miss George, mate, because he can play pretty much anywhere. Yeah, he's um, definitely a utility forward, isn't he, mate? And, you know, we are going to miss him. And obviously, last week, when it was just me and Chris, we spoke about the academy situation. For you, mate, obviously, the last try for Kingston Rovers, three little steps from Rowan Milnes, a Bradford Academy player, then a little giddly pass to Ryan Hall, who goes over for his hat-trick. Rovers have picked up the two points. That man, Rowan Milnes, he came through the Bradford Academy. Bradford, Ulkingston Rovers and Castleford. I haven't got elite status. I've had my rant last week, mate. So, for you, just in a few sentences and stuff, obviously, because I haven't spoke to you about it, I had my rant. I had people don't want to listen to me again. What's your thoughts on it, mate? It's disgusting, isn't it? 
it's it's outrageous, mate. It should be a, a prerequisite of any team in the soap league to run an academy. Not it's the structure of the academy setup, the scholarship setup that's wrong. Do you know it's not giving teams elite academy status. Do you know that should be a prerequisite of any super league club. If you if you're gonna moan about how it's affecting their community game, we'll sort that out. Then let these kids play for the community clubs. You played for your community club, didn't you, mate? Before you was in the academy, and while you was in the academy, didn't you? Yeah, when you were at sixteen, you only play seven. You only play six or seven games at sixteen. There's no league or anything like that. I was still at West Hull, and then we just one week would would have to like cancel fixtures because obviously there was most of the team and Skeller as well were at Rovers and all, and a few at Leeds and Wakey. But yeah, we still played until we moved on. When it's when we when you leave school, that's when you go pro. They just need to. They need to stop decimating the game that way, mate. Taking kids out at what fourteen, fifteen, and then not letting them play for the, let them play for the community clubs. Simple yeah. as that. Do you know they can align themselves with a professional club, but don't stop them playing in the in these games. Do you know that's that is the be all and end all to me. That is how you will stop this rubbish about are oh, you ruining the community game because you are you you have to put structures in place. Do you know? I've never trusted anything that the RFL can do, mate. You, you could give them all the ingredients to a cake and they'd give you a Yorkshire pudding, mate. That, that's exactly how I see them. Mm. It's, it's absolute rubbish. The clubs that have been denied them, you know, the, the clubs who's contributed to this sport for years, at all levels, mate. You know, Bradford have, Bradford in the last, what, in our lifetime, have put some of the best players on the planet playing. Yeah. In England, playing in the NRL, so it's it's ludicrous and it, it it's it's a disgrace really. And, and and I'm hoping that this appeal comes to something like that. In my heart of hearts, I don't think it will, and I think we're fighting a losing battle. But I don't think we'll go down without a fight. No, I hope not, mate. And do you know what? I just don't get the the on about all these elite academies and stuff like that. But you just let an academy run. I don't see why Rovers played Lee on Sunday. The first team played at three o'clock. Why not at half twelve? The under nineteens play Lee. Then at under sixteens, they could play Eastall or Skeller or something like that. Whoever Lee are playing or Rovers, the academy plays them as well. And you do a league, the Champions League. Do I know it's a different magnitude and there's so much more money in these academies and stuff. But whatever the Champions League draw is, or the you know, if Man City are playing PSG. PSG, the under 18s will play at two o'clock, or if Manu were playing, whatever, mate. It, it just annoys me that the fact they're taking this away from the young kids. And it's so simple. Forget about elite because you're still going to have teams who finish first and teams who finish 12th. That's what a league structure is. You're always going to get people who finish bottom. But for me, especially for all Kingston Rovers' sake, mate, I think they're taking a massive part of the Eastall community. And like you said, I'm, I'm wishful thinking, but I, I don't think anything's going to change. They're quite stubborn, aren't they, in that role for Rimmer and stuff. And if he goes back so, back on his decision, he's a coward and he's messed up. Well, he, has to, the... he has to resign, mate. Simple as yeah, that. He's not think... even a part of the decision-making process, right? But the way he come out with his brass neck talking to Terry O'Connor and Brian Carney, I thought he was going to tip him out of that balcony, mate, at one point. He talked to them like they was idiots, you know, and he's made a rod for his own back now. And and if this goes against them and they try and back down, then I expect to see Ralph Rimmer's resignation, mate, because I think I think he's conned a living from the game, mate. He was at Huddersfield, wasn't he, in there? And I don't even know how he's got promoted to this to the to the top role at the RFL, but he's out of his depth. He's not the only one in that organisation and and I'm hoping he's gonna to have to fall on his sword. 
Yeah, I think there's going to obviously be an inquest and, you know, stuff will happen. And we played Lee St. Chorins at the weekend and there was been an inquest into John Duffy and Gareth Carvel. The first coach has got the axe that was announced earlier today. Obviously, we're recording it on Wednesday that John Duffy has been sacked from Lee Centurions. And apparently, mate, Andrew Henderson, who was leaving Warrington as an assistant at the end of the year, has been very close with Steve Price and Lee Breers. Apparently, he's favourite to take over. For me, I think he could have been given a bit more time. I don't think Lee are ever, I don't think they're going to finish anywhere above 12th. But what the, what's he going to do with that size and that salary cap, mate? I think he's been been quite dealt a cruel blow there. And after seven games, who's going to come in and is he going to realistically end the Sonora overtake? So we're going to change Lee. I don't know. But the first coach has been sacked, mate. What's your thoughts of it? Yeah, I think it's harsh on John Duffy. Do you know, he, he's got an unenviable task, mate. But in most games, they've competed for at least 40 minutes. Do you know, a lot of watching them on Sunday reminded me of watching Rovers for the past three or four years. Whereas you can put some points on, but you, you can't compete for long spells, mate. And, and eventually the scoreline blows out. That seems to me how it's been when we've gone away from home to the likes of your Wakefields and Uddersfields. We've been on the end of 40-point drubbings, haven't we, by the end of games? And I think it's harsh on him. I mean, it's not like they haven't been performing at all for him. And I don't see how anybody can change it. No, I think whoever gets it is going to struggle. And, you know, I think if there is relegation, needs to be preparing for the championship. So, yeah, that's obviously John Duffy and going um, from Lee Centurions. We've got a week off, mate. It's... Um, has it come at a right time? I don't think it has. I, I want Rovers to be playing this weekend. Obviously, there is one game at the bottom of the table. It is Wakefield against Lee. I think that's going to be a really close game. I think Wakefield are on form still, but Lee have still got a bit about them. And obviously, they'll be trying to impress whoever that new coach is. But for me, mate, I think Wakefield get the two points. And obviously, there's a Challenge Cup um, semi-finals and the women's final as well on BBC on Saturday. But for me, mate, I'm pretty disappointed we haven't got a game this week. Yeah, well, that's a disgrace, Lee and Wakefield are playing, mate. It's manipulating the fixture list, isn't it? So they don't yeah. have to play a midweek game later on in the season when everybody else is. So I, I don't agree with that at all. I think they've brought around 13 clash forwards because they're both out of the cup. So that's not that's not on, really. In, well, in surely Rovers should play Salford this Sunday, then. We're both out of the cup. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd have thought so, wouldn't you? But obviously not to be. I think our round 13 games in Catalan's away, so... Have been having none of that. Yeah, I'm disappointed, mate, because I don't think Salford have been able to field the team if we played them this week. I mean, no. Callum Watkins has gone for months. They've got Gary Wheeler, aren't they, on a trial? Yeah, have you yeah. seen that? Gary they haven't played for two 31, years. 31 year old, making his debut at Craven Park in a week on Friday. So, I mean, Harvey Levette went off injured. They should have had a couple of bands as well. I think the Arrowfell have took a bit yeah. of sympathy on them there because there's no way Darcy Lustig and Morgan Escarier should be available for selection next week, but there will be. Yeah, I'm disappointed, mate. We're, I think Wakefield, when we played them, mate, they, they've showed what they did to Huddersfield. They've been there or thereabouts, haven't they? And we just, after the Castleford game on the Monday, we were just lacking a bit of energy because I'm pretty sure Wakefield had an extra three days off as well, didn't they? Because they'd played on the Friday, on the didn't Friday they? At Edinley in front of no fans. Yeah, so obviously, you know, that game's, you know, dead and buried now. But we move on and obviously we'll be doing a show next week, mate. But Salford, how big's that game? Friday night under the lights or maybe a bit of light in the second half with summer on the way. But you look at Rovers' next games, mate. Wigan, St Helens, Hull FC, Catalans, Warrington, St Helens and then Salford again. For me, 
next Friday's massive. You need them two points because then you've got the next six games are tough. Yeah, we want to compete. Yeah, we've got to be realistic and think we're going to lose some of them games. You know, you can't expect we're obviously going to go and win seven, not a chance. For me, Salford, there's some very weaknesses in defence. They're very lazy at the second row. Warrington had them on toast last week and a few teams I've seen as Lee, they're a bit better than Lee. They've got a bit more of an attacking threat. Former Robin Kensio, he's on form. But for me, mate, I think we've got to come out all firing next week. George King will be back. Obviously, we know the missing will be like Albert Vette and the Minchella, obviously the obvious ones. But for me, mate, it's a massive chance to go back-to-back in the league, back-to-back wins at Craven Park. And, you know, it's going to be a tough game, but these are where the season's defined, in my opinion, because former years, we've gone and got hammered by Salford, got hammered by London, and at this moment in time, Rovers are doing all the things right, mate, and Salford, they're a wounded animal, but they're no mugs, and especially against Rovers, there's always a bit of rivalry over what's happened over the past few years. Especially me, you, especially me, you and Danny Moxon at that Salford oh, ground, God. mate, in the cup. <laughs> Banned from the media suite, mate, because we are. we've upset a few Salford fans to the right, but I think it, it's, it is big. In terms of like the the struggling with injuries, mate, they're down at the bottom. It's a chance to we'll be on ten points, and you, you're four wins in front of them, and hopefully five in front of Lee by that stage. It's huge. I mean, even that that run of fixtures, right? In the past, we've 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 always done it tough, mate. But with a bit of luck, even though you've read out them fixtures there, and and you're worried about them, right? There's a lot of things that could fall into place for Rovers in that in that run of fixtures. St. Helens is on the international weekend. Yeah. And I know Rovers, international players, overseas players are playing well at the minute and there's a chance they could be called up. But you'd like to think six or seven St. Helens players will be missing in that first game. 100%, yeah, and, for England as well. And then, if everything goes to plan this weekend, Rovers play Warrington the week before the Cup final and St. Helens the week after it. So, the Stars yeah. are sort of... Align yeah. a little bit mate, if 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 everything goes to plan. Yeah, so, yeah, I totally it's agree. It's a daunting run of fixtures. That. It's a daunting run of fixtures on paper, but if things fall into place, Rovers with a win against Salford could be looking to go into them games and maybe picking up a couple of unexpected victories, mate. Yeah, let's hope so, mate. And, you know, now you've said that, I'm a little bit more confident. Obviously, the big derby's in there as well. You know, to get you on before the derby, mate, definitely. But for you, I am on the first of the month, all restrictions hopefully should be lifted. We should have a packed crowd at Craven Park. Obviously, them knobheads will be in the crowd as well. But how good is that first derby going to be back with crowd? That atmosphere at Craven Park is going to be electric, mate. If, if fingers crossed, Every fan can get involved. Even so, we'll definitely be there and it'll be a bit restricted, but I really hope not. And it shouldn't be the way everything's going. It'll be, it'll be brilliant, mate. I mean, the, the noise that was made last Sunday yeah, with people missing, not even, I mean, not even able to have a drink, refreshments, you know, and that always adds to the atmosphere, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a bad way, but it always does add to the atmosphere, mate. It's going to be fantastic, hopefully. We're going into on the back of a few wins and we can put them in the place. Yeah, definitely. Might be a top four clash, <laughs> Craven Park, mate. But I will let you get off, buddy, because we are going to go watch England against Austria friendly. Just before I finish, mate, is football coming home? It certainly is. It definitely is, mate. Them four right backs are going to lead us to glory. Definitely, mate. Thank you for doing it this week, mate. I really appreciate it. No worries, mate. So... 
Hull Kingston Rovers returned home and hopefully football will return home in a few weeks. It has been the Red Robin podcast, guys, with me, Joe Appleyard and Phil Barrett. We hope you enjoy the show. No week, uh, no game this week for the Robins. Hopefully there are two very good clashes at the Lee Sports Village on Saturday. We'll see you soon, guys. Thanks, Phil. No worries, Joe.